Welcome to the Tally Room Podcast. I'm Ben Rowie. Today, I'm talking about the Northern Beaches Council election in Sydney with Anthony Caruso. Anthony is the sports executive producer and political analyst for Triple H FM, the Northern Sydney Community Radio Station. Hello, Anthony. Hey, Ben. How are you? Good, thank you. Uh, So, we are talking today about Northern Beaches, which is a relatively new council that was created in 2016 as an amalgamation of Manly, Warringah and Pittwater councils. It covers the whole of the Northern Beaches region uh, in the northeast of Sydney. Um, and it's a it's a pretty conservative area, uh, but it's sort of, it's established a bit of a two-party system with a local party running the council. Since the first election in 2017, the council has been governed primarily by the Your Northern Beaches Party, which is led by Mayor Michael Regan, along with a couple of crossbench allies. Regan's party started as a group on the Warringah Council, which ran the previous council until it was abolished. The Northern Beaches are a very strong Liberal Party area at a state and federal level, but in local politics, Regan's party plays the role of the other major party and have locked the Liberals out of power for the last four years. Anthony, what are the key issues in this election? Thank you, Ben. The big challenge that they've got around the the local area stems around two areas. The first part is the obvious one, which is rates. And there's been a very concerted effort by some of the independent the conservative independents and the liberal party to really raise issues around rate rises and how the council is spending the money that's been gathered up from rates the other major issue that's that's come up is development now for those who don't know there has been a massive push towards high-rise buildings there's been a lot of focus in particular around the b-line developments that's where the line starts from Monaval and runs into the city a lot of units going up there the other one that's occurred recently is the release of land along Monaval Road in the likes of Terry Hills and Ingleside which has been earmarked for future development do you get the sense that there's much of a mood for change from the current regime in terms of what I'm getting a sense of from the from the people inside there's there's not that much of a mood it's it's very much a split along the lines of those who are hardcore supporters of the two major groups being your Northern Beach and the Liberal Party, and those that really do have a fairly strong belief that the major party should be kept out of the local council scene. Certainly, it's only up until the last election or so for the majority of the Northern Beaches where you've seen endorsed major political party candidates running. So part of the history there is Pittwater, which is the smallest of the old councils that was abolished, only had existed since the early 90s. It was one of the youngest councils in Sydney. Had no party politics, the occasional Greens councillor, but that was it. Um, Warringah, there'd been a tiny bit, but really not that much. Um, Whereas Manly was much more, the Liberal Party were already running Manly before that. Um, So yeah, it has been interesting that Northern Beaches amalgamation has kind of driven more of an organised party politics in the area. Um, so the numbers on the current council, there are there are five wards. Each ward elects three people. It's very stable in that every ward has one Liberal and one uh, Reagan ally. Um, and then there is a third seat in every ward. So one of those seats is a sixth member of your Northern Beaches. They have a total of six. Um, and then Candy Bingham in Manly, there's a Greens councillor. They both usually side with Regan, giving him eight out of 15 votes on most, like on the mayoral elections and things like that. And then there's uh, Alex McTaggart and Vincent DeLuca, who are conservative independents that you mentioned before, who bring the kind of the anti-Regan side of the chamber up to seven votes out of 15. So 
Um, it's pretty balanced. It's not a very large majority. Uh, and um, before we talk about what might happen in the future and the candidates and all that kind of stuff, um, would you say you're, the Your Northern Beaches team, would you describe them as centrists? Are they people who otherwise would be Liberal Party supporters at a state or federal level? Like, are they... Would they resemble a bit the people who would support um, Zali Stegall, who is the federal member for the southern half of the council area? Like, who are they? Your Northern Beaches, I would classify as a classically centrist group. Uh, they've tended to draw from the sort of business-leaning left supporters, but then also the, the same time, I guess, what you would call the small L liberal supporters. Um, they... The party, the group itself has existed from the days of the reallocation of Ringer Council following the sacking back in the mid to the mid to late 2000s. It was originally known as Wake Up Warringah. Uh, it was originally started up as an activist group who were very upset with the way that the administrator at the time, Dick Person, had been running the, um, running the council as administrator. Uh, this then evolved to uh, your Warringah into um, into your Northern Beaches. As a result, they they tend to draw from all sides, so they've got that sort of cross sectional support and run on a very much a grassroots style campaign. In terms of their links towards, say, Azali Stegel, there there are elements of it, uh, but I wouldn't I wouldn't read too much into it because there was a very significant. Um, anti-Abbott push from the last election, especially with Liberal Party members who were known at the time to have actually been actively campaigning just for the purpose of removing Abbott from the federal seat of Warringah. There's different issues, different people, uh, maybe some overlap of the voters, but a different group. Regan, I believe, currently represents the French's Forest Ward, which is the ward where his group has two councillors. But it sounds like your Northern Beaches has reshuffled their ticket quite a bit, maybe as an effort to pick up an extra seat or strengthen their position. Regan was actually in the Kirkhill Ward, and he's reshuffled himself to French's Forest. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So he, he shuffled himself up there. But what's really interesting is the person in seat number two, Jose Perez, uh, is an ex-Liberal Party member who has left the group after failing to earn pre-selection is now running with Regan in the number two position. This has caused a bit of a reshuffle in that ward straight away. And it's, it's it, you can only say it's one of two things. Regan either smells an opportunity to sweep French's forest or he's going on the defensive. And I, I suspect it's the latter because why else would you move yourself up to French's Forest given how strong the Your Northern Beaches vote is? And French's Forest is where they got they got two councillors elected, so it's kind of their safest seat. He's put himself in a very safe seat. Yeah, so I, I that that seems like a bit of a defensive move because what you wouldn't do that if you had it sewn up. You'd want him in the seat where you think you're going to get the most gains because, as you would know the effects of being a leader with any political party often adds another couple of percentage points. And we've seen this in the state and federal elections. That personal vote becomes quite strong. On the Liberal Party side, the biggest move that we've seen from them is Rory Amon, who's moved from the Narrabeen Ward up to the Pitwater Ward. Now, this is sort of in line with where he, where he tends to live, but it's been triggered by the retirement of Kylie Ferguson 
How that move will pan out, I'm not sure. But I do know that Pittwater is one ward that the Liberal Party are targeting in the hope of trying to get a second um, member up. And that would then help them... uh... Well, probably they'd be taking that seat off Alex McTaggart, who has tended to vote with them, but it would make the Liberal Party itself stronger on the council if if that was to happen. Yeah, it, it, that would be the, that's the elephant in the room in terms of Pitwater is how they would handle the situation with Alex McTaggart, uh, who has a history of normally siding with the Liberal Party, although as we do know, he had his very famous victory back in the mid-2000s when he won the state seat of Pittwater in a by-election. That was when uh, John Brogdon resigned, yeah. Correct. The Manly Ward is the other one that I've identified as a potential swing, uh, swing ward. And the reason why for this is because the votes in that ward are so diluted that preferences become absolutely critical. Similar to Pittwater, although Pittwater, from what I understand, is probably not going to have as many people running. It is expected to be highly competitive in Manly. You not only have Candy Bingham running as part of Good for Manly, who you know compete almost directly in a way with your Northern Beaches, but you've got the Liberal Party who have attempted to be quite resurgent in the area. Um, the Greens, as well, should never be discounted in Manly because they do have a fairly solid following in the area and we're very close to actually winning a second seat in that um, area and your Northern Beaches managed to actually win it, funnily enough, off the preferences of Labor. Hmm. Well, I mean, your Northern Beaches are the more left-leaning of the two major parties, right? And it is an interesting case here where the Greens are a minor party. They have one councillor and uh, it looks like they're running in more wards this time than they did last time. But Labor also ran in 2017 and uh, didn't win a single seat off 9% of the vote as well. So they're effectively a minor party of the left. And so, yeah, it's not surprising that your Northern Beaches to win those seats probably would be hoping to get Labor and Greens preferences from people who really don't like the Liberal Party. And it is it is funny that this area keeps throwing up different strong independents at different levels of government. You've got um, McTaggart, and uh, the former Manly Independent Machine that used to run Manly Council and had a state MP in Manly. You've got um, you've got Zali Stegall, and now you've got Regan's team. Can I ask about you this uh, Regan team? How much is it all about him? Like he used to be the mayor of Warringah and was a dominant figure there. Is this a kind of a personal like people voting for these councillors because they'll support him from there, or is there there more going on? I think it's a bit of both. That he is, by and large, fairly a fairly popular personality um, in terms of where in terms of wherever you go. There's an instant rec- recognizability there, ha- and it has to be acknowledged. There's a certain um, element of likability with with Michael with Michael Regan. the 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 thing that often is brought into question is about where to next. Regan, at least for the Warringah component, has been mayor. Of of certain sections of the Northern Beaches Council since two thousand and eight, and so there are real there are questions that have been raised from time to time about where his move next is going to go. Uh, there have been rumours of that he might consider a run against Brad Hazard for the state seat of Wakehurst, uh, and, and as you know, there have been historical moments in the past where the state seats have fallen to independents. Of those, Wakehurst has actually been the probably been the most solid as of late. Uh, given that the last time a non-liberal candidate won 
the state seat of Wakus was Tom Webster during the days of the Ranslide back in the 80s. It hasn't seen anyone but a Liberal member since the since the Ranslides. Um, so the question is going to be, would they test the water against Brad himself or could there be other machinations around if Regan decides to go where he would run next? My suspicions are is that they may be looking to try and expand the independent push. And we've seen it as well, not only with Zali Stegel, but also the voices of McKellar that has been formed with the intention of trying to find a candidate to run against Jason Falinski. So there are broader implications potentially that these kind of liberal heartland seats at state and federal level um, could be vulnerable in an area where Labor is not competitive, but there are other interests, other forces that can. There is one trend I would have a look at as well, and that is the absolute collapse of the Labor Party vote in the area. We mentioned the performances from the landslides, um, but they, they have absolutely struggled, especially since t- 2011, where they ran third in every state seat on the on the northern beaches. This time around, I've, my sources, and I think it's been confirmed at least for one of the awards, that Labor are not endorsing candidates within their two weakest wards, which I believe will be French's Forest and Pittwater. Now they'll run, they may well run other Labor candidates, but really this really does speak to how much Labor have um, dropped off the face in terms of their electability in the area and that they may be looking to those independents to try and push the um, slightly more left-leaning agenda forward. Hmm. I mean, I guess there is usually a decent proportion of the electorate that votes Labor in, even in a conservative area, but I don't find it particularly surprising because you've got an alternative in the same way you do sometimes at a federal or a state electorate when there's a strong independent, they crowd out the other major party. Why would I vote for Labor who can't win when I can vote for this other person who can? And that seems to be true of your northern beaches. One thing I find interesting when you're saying about them not running places, I recently did a blog post where I looked at uh, the trends for the Labor Liberal Greens in terms of where they run. Labor and Liberal almost always, if they run in an area, they run everywhere in the area. They run in every ward. Liberal Party at the last two election cycles in Sydney didn't there wasn't a single council where they ran in some wards and not others. They either ran everywhere or nowhere. Labor, there was it's not quite as clear for Labor, but generally they run nearly everywhere. It's like 95% of the wards they run in. Um, but, you know, the Greens' approach is different. It's that they want to win a seat here, a seat there, and if they have to just run one candidate and focus their attention on one ward and try and get all their volunteers from the area to focus on one ward and get all the booths covered, et cetera, they're pretty happy to do that. Uh, and I do wonder about whether someone like like the local Labor Party in the area um, may be ad- adapting their approach to something that may be more effective. If they can concentrate their effort, maybe they can pick up a, a ward here or a ward there and have a single councillor and it sort of gives them a small foothold in an area that they're not strong in. Or does the state Labor Party say, it's not really worth our time, our effort. You're not going to run the council. You're not going to win any electorates in state and federal politics. So you know, uh, we're going to leave you be. So uh, that will be interesting to see about whether Labor's approach changes. They're effectively a minor party in this area. Oh, very much so. Very much so. And, you know, you only need to look at their vote within, Pit, as I said, within Pitwater and French's Forest where they were down to less than 5% of the vote. You're pretty much running dead by that stage. And I, I think at that level, if you went to certain um, levels of politics, correct me if I'm wrong, but you'd lose your deposit at that level, wouldn't you? 
four percent usually. I think is usually yeah. the the line gets drawn. Yeah. So that's about it for this episode of the Tally Room Podcast. Thank you, Anthony, for joining me. My pleasure, Ben. Thank you for very much, and um, you know, best of luck with the rest of your podcasts. Thank you. I'll be back next with a podcast about Inner West Council and the City of Sydney, and then a few others after that over the next few weeks. You can find this podcast on your podcast app of choice. If you like the show, please consider rating or reviewing us on iTunes. You can follow The Tally Room on Twitter at The Tally Room or like us on Facebook. This podcast is made possible thanks to the generous support of our donors on Patreon. Sign up at patreon.com slash tallyroom. Information about this podcast is available at tallyroom.com.au and you can email questions or feedback to thetallyroom at gmail.com. Thanks to Krista Bro for writing the music you hear in this episode. Once again, thanks for listening.